SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159, The Sports Grid. Radio Network. Over the course of the next hour, I'm going to have one guest and I'm going to pick his brain like nobody's business. That, of course, being Kenny White at Vegas on Twitter from thepowerratings.com. And Kenny, a legitimate college basketball expert. First college basketball show of the year here on uh, the Sports Grid. For me, at least, I'm excited to get into some serious college hoops discussion and some high-level college hoops discussion with uh, Kenny White. We're going to talk about the biggest surprises in terms of betting so far. We're going to talk about teams we can be betting on or betting against from the major conferences, from the mid-major conferences. We're going to talk about some coaching. We're going to talk about some college basketball suggestions for beginning betters, college basketball one of the more difficult sports to pick up if you're just uh, a newbie in the sports betting world. Certainly one of the more difficult sports to actually make money with. But once you get the basics for college hoops down, it can be an extraordinarily profitable endeavor. So looking forward to getting into some detailed discussion on college hoops with Kenny White. But before I get into that discussion, and I'm sure Kenny's going to have a few words to say uh, as well, uh, I want to talk about Brian Blessing. And if you've been listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, you're very familiar with uh, Brian. Brian was, uh, you know, hosted his show every day for years. Um, and if you heard him on air, you heard him off air. It was the exact same guy. Uh, Brian, unfortunately, passed away last weekend uh, after a bout with COVID. He suffered a heart attack at home. Uh, and... He's someone, you know, it's hard to do this stuff, man. It really is when it comes to, like, saying goodbye to someone on air. I was trying to think about the best stories I had of Brian Blessing, and my stories are with Brian are hanging out, you know. Uh, you know uh, I remember one hanging out with him. Uh, we me and him did a bunch of radio and stuff together, but the fun time with Brian, you know, it wasn't like uh, me and Brian were, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go get a beer, you know. Um, one, I don't drink that much. And <laughs> number two, it's hard to get me out of the house. Uh, but Brian was out and about all the time. Brian was, a, you know, a very social person. He's the kind of guy that the first time you met him, you felt like you knew him. The first time I met him, I was friends with him. You know what I mean? And there aren't that many people in this world. Brian on air was second to none. You should see the notes I have in front of me when I do these shows, dude. I've got pages and pages of notes, and sometimes I get through them all, and sometimes I botch them. Brian, you didn't have any notes, dude. dude <laughs> you would have a crumpled piece of paper in his hand, and he'd never even look at it. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Brian had about, uh, with COVID, he came home, he did a show on Thursday and on Friday he was sick again. On Sunday he was dead. The official cause of death was a heart attack. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go down as a COVID stat or not. Uh, but you know, his wife, Marie was real sick with it as well. Um, it's, you know, just a, just a mess. And it's a loss. It's a real loss. Brian wasn't an old man. You know, he's in his early 60s. Um, I'm in my mid-50s right now. And all of a sudden, you know, blessing gone. 
I mean, you start thinking about some of the sports betting legends, you know, the Dave Malinskis, who I always talk about on this show. Dave passed a few years ago. Russ Culver passed a few years ago. He was someone who won the Super Contest, a former sports book director over at the Stardust back in the heyday of the Stardust. Mike Lee is a guy who I don't know how many of the modern fans would know, but Mike Lee, when I first moved out to Vegas, Mike Lee was, (laughs) uh, how do you describe Mike Lee? Uh, He was the... uh, uh, master of all trades. He was a character and a half. And he was a real good sports better uh, year-round. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, as... And all these guys. Malinsky died in his 50s. Russ Culver died in his 60s. Brian died in his 60s. Mike Lee died in his 60s. Um, you know, I had uh, a conversation with uh, GM at Sports Grid, Mike Cardano. Good guy. Uh, setting up for uh, the shows this weekend. I told him I was going to talk about Brian. He's like, hey, man, on this earth, we're all just renters. And that's the truth of it. We'll all be gone. Someday, someone else will be stuck doing a show like this about me or doing a spot in their show about me. Uh, It'll come. You know, my clock is ticking just like anybody else's. But to see Brian go on the heels of some of the other real heavyweights in this industry, it's just sad. Uh, And he's someone... Who I will miss, and I know that if you listen to him every day, you'll miss him too. Because legitimately, I mean, I haven't told any stories. Uh, <laughs> the night that Virginia got beat by Baltimore, Maryland, you know, UMBC, whatever the heck the name of that school. Yeah, 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 yeah. University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC, were the first number one seed in the uh, history of the NCAA tournament, got knocked off by the first 16 seed to actually win those games. And they didn't blow out fashion. It ended up being a blowout in that game. Uh, but we were watching. I was watching with Brian that night. And, of course, Brian had taken on the over in that ball game. And as was common when Brian and I were talking and hanging out, what was I doing? I was giving him crap about it. How could you bet the over? It was like 17 all at halftime or 21 all at halftime or something. I'm like, this game isn't going over total. Of course, in the second half, Baltimore, Maryland County started raining threes, and the game ended up getting over the total, and Brian took his ticket right in my face. He's like, that's why I bet the over, you idiot. <laughs> uh, got there. Uh, funny time. Fun times uh, with Brian Blessing. Again, a guy who will be missed forevermore, both in Buffalo, where he was from, and here in Las Vegas. I'm going to have Kenny White tell a story about Brian Blessing. And then we'll get into some college hoops discussion. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Boy, I got a couple of great shows lined up for this weekend. I'm telling you, if you guys like legends in this space... Today, Kenny White, uh, a guy who, again, Kenny was a legend in this space when I moved to Vegas in 98. Why? Well, number one, his dad started the industry. Number two, he was a headlines maker uh, over to Las Vegas sports consultants. Uh, So someone who was involved in creating odds, making odds, distributing odds. Um, And obviously, here we are. What is it, 24 years later? This is next, next year of my 25th football season. This is the end of my 24th. Uh, Kenny still doing what he does at an extraordinarily high level. Real excited to bring him in. Kenny White, welcome to the program. Welcome to Cover It today. How are you? 
Hey, thanks, Teddy. I'm do doing great. Uh, love the tribute to Brian Blessing, and we will uh, forever miss Brian. Um, and I'll, you know, just to give you a background, Brian uh, knocked on my door at Las Vegas Sports Consultants back in 2005 and said, uh, My son lives here in Vegas. And, uh, he went to UNLV, and he's gonna he's gonna you know sprout his roots here. He doesn't want to come back to Buffalo; it's too cold for him there. So I want to be by my son. I'm looking for a job. I want to move to Vegas, and I uh, I'd love to work for you. And I said, well, right now we're not hiring, and you know uh, you know just keep in touch with me. And about a couple months later, he came back to Vegas again and knocked on my door and came in and said, hey, just checking in with you. And I said, you know, your timing couldn't be better right now. We uh, just signed a deal with Casino Gaming Television to provide content for them. Uh, we need somebody like you that has the experience uh, being a broadcaster uh, on our staff. So uh, you worked out amazingly. What a great guy. Um, just, you know, I can't say n enough good about Brian. And as you mentioned, you know, he's your best friend. Uh, he had uh, hundreds, hundreds of best friends. It, everybody thought it's amazing to see the, the people on Twitter. So Brian was right, so personable. And that was one of the jobs I gave him when uh, when he first started. Actually, CGTV kind of uh, went away. They were well underfunded, and uh, we really never got a gig going with them. And that's why he was hired. But I said, Brian, I said, you got to go out in the field. I want you to go talk to all the clients. Now, Las Vegas Sports Consultants, 95% of the sports books were our clients. I said, I want you to go to each and every book. Go to as many as you can every day. Say hello. Uh, and try to make your rounds all week long. And... Uh, he did, and uh, he made a lot of great friends in the industry. He was the perfect guy to hire because he loved to talk to people. He loved people in general, and, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't meet a more honest person as well and talented. Like you said, Teddy, you know, I got notes in front of me for days, and I've been doing it for videos with Brian for years. And Brian would go sit down with no notes or just one crumbled up sheet of paper, and that was it. And, uh, he would, you know, here we go. Hey, welcome aboard. It's Brian Blessing with the uh, Hockey Hotline. And today, this is, you know, he was amazing. I remember the first day I did live television with him on uh, our very first high school football game of the week. We did 13 straight years together. Uh, we're the, we're the uh, top play-by-play uh, um, -play and uh, color guy in terms of uh, – Game's done. Nobody's even close to us on Thursday night's high school football. We did uh, over 150 games in our career. I don't think another crew has done even close to 100 in those high school football games. But our very first episode, very first football game, Brian starts talking about the game, and I'm mesmerized. I can't believe how good he is on live TV. And he throws it to me, and I was completely frozen. I had no idea what to say. And I, I, I think I mumbled out, Brian, that's going to be a great game. And, and then he knew that uh, he loosened me up right away. And I think he threw me a question that we had talked about earlier in the day that he knew that it was a softball. Brian was great at he, – he, he could throw – he's the best softball pitcher in the history of talk radio because he, he knew – he could get you to talk about something that was valuable, but he, he would throw you that softball so you could hit it out of the park. And that was, uh, you know, a major, major Brian Blessing thing. And his sayings, you know, a hound's breakfast, uh, smooth as a stucco tub. And I don't know. He had many, many, many more. So uh, amazing guy. And I watched his uh, hockey hotline back with Robitaille because he told me, he goes, you need to watch this show because we need to do something like this in Vegas. And, you know, sure enough, Brian did it, and uh, that show with him, with Brian Blessing and, and Mike Robitaille, 
Wow, what an entertaining show. And can, and I understand why the people of Buffalo love him so much because it was pure honesty about their team. And they weren't very good, and, and they they let them have it when they weren't good. But then when they were good, they, you know, they, they gave them their props. So, Brian, uh, rest in peace. We will miss you forever, and we'll try to keep your legacy going. Amen for that. And, of course, you work with Brian every week. Uh, you know, and Brian was here on Sports Grid 159. Uh, but I didn't do a show with them all. You know, I, I did. Uh, I did a show with them. I think the, the week between Christmas and New Year was the last time I did a show with them. But uh, you did a show with Brian every Sunday night. Yeah, we well, I was on with Brian for uh, on Sports Grid uh, Mondays, Thursdays, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Sunday night we, you know, we talked about it for years. Brian always wanted to do it. He wanted to do the opening line report. Uh, the 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 line opens and or as early as possible. Brian knew the value of getting down early, and you know, I think this was the first year he ever did. Teddy, I, he he talked about it for so many years, but I think this is the first year he ever started betting early. Because he told me back in December, he goes, Kenny, he goes, man, he goes, betting early is, it's the bomb, man. He goes, I'm getting the best numbers I've ever had in my life. And, 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 I, and I, you know, it's just, that's, that's the way you got to bet. And I said, Brian, you're getting the virgin number. You want to be betting those numbers. That's the best. You don't want to bet on the day of the game because most of the time those numbers are all beaten up and they're, they're strong as can be. Now, there are spots during those because they do run a little bit too far sometimes. But Brian... Wanted to do that show for years. We had done, we probably had done um, five or six different demos of that type of show and talking about where the line's going to go. And this year was the first year we really got it off the ground and did a podcast. And the shame of it is when we're not very good marketers, that's for sure. We only had about 200, 250 people listening to that show, which was a shame. Wish we could have had the masses, you know, hearing what Brian and I had to talk about and where the lines were going to go. And it was, it was a very good informational show. For a half an hour show, it was, it was a lot of fun to do with him. I'm sure that reminds me of the old Stardust line on Sunday nights, you know, that used to be, uh, that's the show that I kind of cut my teeth on when it came to uh, the sports betting world. Uh, you know, it used to be Russ Culver and Malinsky back in the day and yeah. Nover. Arnie Lang. Uh, and, and Arnie Lang were the four back, and then and then those the, those group left, and then Koken would come in on Sunday nights uh, and right, do those. Right, and, and you know those opening line reports. I do one on uh, on Monday mornings uh, for the NFL, but when it comes to Sunday night and the college hoop numbers or the college uh, football numbers, I should say, you legitimately will get numbers on Sunday in college football that you'll never see again for the rest yep, of the week. That's sure why will. that show was so important. John Kelly was another one of the hosts. I did yeah. I did the Vegas Stardust line for a couple of years, uh, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, I believe I was doing, and um, John Kelly was also there. And I used to go in. Uh, Lee Pete was uh, was a host. I you know was on with Lee Pete several times, and that was fun. Lee had a lot of great guests on his show. Sure, I mean Lee's the guy who they say invented sports talk radio, uh, and I used to do that Saturday night Stardust line after you. Um, I was doing that years later. In the early 2000s, that was really my first radio gig here in Las Vegas, my first regular radio gig. I've been uh, doing spot guests, but I started doing that Saturday Night Stardust line, and it led to uh, uh, doing uh, drive time on ESPN in the mornings and all of that. So that's kind of how I cut my teeth in this business on that show. Uh, and certainly those Sunday nights, uh, again, when you talk about things that you can actually help betters with, you know, because uh, that's what we try to do. 
in terms of they, when, when we're, we're doing sports betting talk radio, we're going to give out plays, we're going to give out opinions, but most of what this is designed to do is to help you guys out there in listener land refine your process, perfect your craft, etc., etc. And those, you know, the, the Sunday nights, Monday morning opening line stuff really has a <laughs> exceptional capacity for doing just that. I got so much more with Kenny White. We're really just the tip of the iceberg here. College hoops discussion. We're going to talk about how his season's going. We're going to talk about how many bets he makes on any given day. And we're going to talk about what teams we should be riding and what teams we should be fading right now. Cover it continues. Stay tuned right here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV, we're on your radio, and we're on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV to stay on the grid everywhere you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And of course, you can follow today's guest, Kenny White, on Twitter at K Whitey Vegas. Again, at K Whitey Vegas on Twitter. You can find him at thepowerratings.com. Kenny, let's get into some serious college basketball discussion right about now. Talk about your preparation for the college hoop season. Look, there are some charlatans out there when it comes to college hoops. There really are. You're not one of them. Talk about how you prep and talk about your methodology on a daily basis. What is the Kenny White process when it comes to college hoops? Yeah, Teddy, you know, all, all my sports, I'm an individual player power rating guy. So I, I rate out each individual player on every team. Uh, that gives me a player power rating, the five starters compared to the bench, uh, the number of minutes. Uh, my, my power ratings are a little bit swayed to the coach. If I really like him, maybe the players are rated a little higher. If I don't like the coach, maybe rated a little lower. But uh, defense is a big, big part of my ratings. Um, so I get that player power rating to get a team rating. And then from there, it is compare and adjust. And compare to the betting line, uh, betting on the games, and uh, and then adjusting from there, checking starting lineups, checking injuries, uh, getting information, uh, uh, revenge, whether it's last year, uh, when did a team last play, who did they last play, did they win or lose, who do they play next? Um, so it's it's all where where did they play? Did they play in Hawaii and now they got to travel back home? Are they tired? Uh, so there's so many angles to to factor into it. It's, and it's you know something I don't suggest to anybody. It takes a lot of time to rate each individual player out. I will tell you that it's a it's a. Luckily, I've got a lot of it automated in this day and age, so I can have everybody automated. But I got to go through each team individually and look at those ratings a little bit, and also go over. You know, you you can't just use one year on a player. You've got to make sure you you know the entire situation for that guy. So that's you know that's the process for me and. You know, I trust my process. I believe in it, and I think that's, you know, what everybody has to have when they're when it when it comes to sports betting and betting college basketball. You have to have some type of process in place that you believe in, and then trust your numbers. 
So, I mean, I'm just fascinated because I'll tell you what, once football season starts, all right, once we get into August, and for me, football season starts in August, you know, with the start of the NFL preseason, the start of the college uh, football camps, I don't have a spare minute to start looking at hoops, you know, not many anyway. And you're telling me that I know the process is automated, but you have time in the college football season to go through all, what is it, 360 teams in college hoops? Yes, That's incredible. Well, how how do you do that? I've done, I did a lot of a lot of uh, prep work early this year in July and August, you know, putting my magazine out. I'm starting right now. I'm starting to work on college football for next year and putting things together. I had to go back and get all the rosters from last year to make sure I had of everybody who, you know, there was so many transfers that transferred in in August. Sure. They weren't on rosters when I first got them, and that's going to happen again this year. But I need to get all that information, and I'm starting to work on the college football magazine, which I'll have uh, finished by mid-May. And it'll be on the newsstands by mid-June. I'm going to give myself a couple more weeks this year to get that done for accuracy and uh, and also that transfer portal. But then once that magazine, both my magazines are done, the college and NFL, um, they're out there in June and July. July and August, I can start working on on college basketball, and that's and that's what I did this past year, and that's how I got ahead of the game and uh, got a lot of the work done and. That, that really set me up nice for a, for a good start this year. It was the first time I ever did work on the college hoops in July and August. And uh, uh, it, was, it was a busy time, I'll tell you that. It's the busiest I've ever been, 2021. And I'm going to try to make some adjustments for 2022. But uh, uh, it is, it, it's, uh, you know, it's been a, you wanted to know how it is. It's been a good year so far. Um, started out the year slow, scary, though. First day was a loser. Second day was a loser. Um, it, it just had me beside myself thinking this is not good. But I knew one thing. I did get the best of the number on most of those games that I lost. So had confidence. I actually took three or four days off to watch the games and go over the numbers and compare and adjust and make those adjustments. And then when I did, you know, started back, had a couple more uh, you know, break-even days, then finally had a couple winners, and then had a losing day. And, you know, it was like, well, I'm going to take a couple more days off and see where this goes. And then I think I made the right decisions because I think about by uh, the third week, um, late November, um, things started to turn around, and uh, it started to become a, you know, a winner every day. And um, it's been, been very good. It's been a very good season for me. I love when conference starts. COVID, COVID, you know, I wish it wasn't here, obviously, but it's helped been to my benefit a little bit with basketball because so many teams have had long stretches of time that they have not played, and that's that's a big factor. I mean, you got a team that hasn't played in 22 days playing against a team who's played four games over that period. That team that played four games has gotten a lot better where the other team's going to come back very rusty, and that angle's been a very, very strong angle for me this year. So you've been playing against teams in that first game back uh, off a of COVID layoff. Now, let me ask you this, you know, because you're someone that, uh, when you talk about keeping accurate power ratings or fairly accurate power ratings for 360 college basketball teams, that's one of the reasons, I think, because of the number of teams that are out there. You know, you t- turn on ESPN, you watch SIU Edwardsville, you know. I mean, it's not even, you know, there, there's, there's so much out there in terms of college basketball information. How many bets are you going to make on a busy college hoop Saturday? Are you a volume player or are you a guy that likes to pick and choose your spots? 
You know, it's it's funny how sports is a roller coaster in betting, and, and it happens to everybody. And it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have your ups and downs. I, I found out over the years, Saturday hasn't been kind to me. Um, so I, I tell you, Teddy, 30 years ago when I was running around the streets betting, because, you know, every going to check numbers everywhere and betting, um, I, I would bet almost $80,000 in three to $500 bets. And I would, I would, I would have no money left in my pocket by the end of the day or by mid afternoon, and then I'd go get, go look where the tickets are that have won in the morning, so I could go cash, get some more money to maybe go bet the night games if the numbers, you know, were there. I would have over 150 bets on a college basketball Saturday. Um, I, I would say, you know, as as maybe 10 years ago, I probably would have still had 80 to to 100 bets. Um, I don't. I don't like to bet that many games anymore. I am a shotgun player, and I want to trust my numbers. And I do bet a lot of games, but I do cut it off now. Um, probably about sixty to eighty bets in that range has been the most I've made this year in one day. And I'll tell you, it just seems like those days are more difficult for me to win um, for some reason. And I don't know why it is on a Saturday that uh, Friday night could be a party night for college athletes and. Maybe they're just not up to par on Saturday anymore like they, they used to be, maybe. So uh, my dear departed friend Dave Malinsky had a theory uh, about Saturday college basketball. And I, what you're saying is not unique. You know, I found, I look at my numbers, the other six days versus college basketball Saturdays, my college basketball Saturday numbers are weaker. I don't think I'm alone uh, over a long-term sample size in that regard. And Malinsky's theory was that there aren't enough officials and everybody plays on Saturdays in college basketball. So what you have is you have lower tier refs that make for more randomness. I don't know if it's true or not, but that was his theory. Any thoughts on that? That's a good point. I was waiting to hear what you were, what Dave's philosophy was on that. And cause Dave was one of the sharpest in the business. Uh, uh, that that could be very true, Teddy. I mean, it does make sense to me that every official is now working those games. But uh, so I, I'm guessing the weaker tier are only officiating ten games a year, and those ten games are probably all on Saturdays. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the busy day. But again, just a theory. Nobody has an actual reason for why college basketball Saturdays can be very difficult. However, it makes the other six days. All that much more important. Now, I want to get into some theory here before we get into some practice. There are so many beginning to intermediate level betters out there right now. Obviously, sports betting expanded uh, across the country in a relatively short period of time. And for me, college hoops was the last sport. I did NFL, I did college football, I did NBA, I did baseball first. And college hoops, because there were 360 teams and I didn't feel like I knew them, it was the last sport for me. All I did was Big Ten. What advice can you give new betters when it comes to college basketball? We got about uh, we got plenty of time for the break. We got still a couple minutes for the break. Yeah, I think that um, you know a lot of people would say uh, they zero in a couple conferences, and that's probably very smart to do if you don't have the time to be a professional better and be able to work on it every single day. Uh, by picking out two or three conferences. And I wouldn't say pick out the biggest ones. I would say pick out the smaller conferences and try to come up with a power rating on these teams from where they've been in the past, where they are now, and then maybe not even make a bet in the non-conference 
and wait till conference play. When conference play gets there, hopefully at that time, you know who the best teams are in that conference. And um, that's the way I would go about it unless you were able to pick up somebody's power ratings, use their power ratings and and, uh, adjustments and and, then go over the revenge factors and those different, you know, the different tangibles that I talked about earlier in the show. But uh, it's a a sport that's hard to follow because there's so many games. And and there's so many games every night, which means that your power rating adjustment process, if it's not automated, you're going to be doing a lot of work on a nightly basis, going through every box score and adjusting those numbers. When we come back with Kenny White, I want him to give me some bet on teams. I want to give him some bet against teams. I want some good coaches. I want some bad coaches. And I want the biggest surprise for him in college hoops. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Covering with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. We got extended time with Kenny White talking college hoops today. I've had him on for two segments. I don't have one bet on or one bet against team. Enough of that, Kenny. Let's go. <laughs> Let's find some bet on or bet against team, shall we? Right now. Tell me yes, a team I'll give you- or two that is undervalued in the betting marketplace and a team or two that's overvalued in the betting marketplace. Let's talk Power 5 conferences first. You got it. I'm, I'm going to give you the teams to, to bet. I think are bet on right now. Uh, North Carolina, uh, Hubert Davis, I think, is doing a fabulous job here at North Carolina. He's got a very talented basketball team. Um, they, they are, they're experienced. They can shoot. They defend. Uh, they're just going to get better, I think, under Hubert Davis um, in his first year on the job here at North Carolina. Uh, it's hard to replace a legend in Roy Williams, but I like what I've seen. Another team I think is ex- extremely talented. Uh, ranked right now number 25. I think they're a top 25 basketball team, and that's the Fighting Illini. Uh, they they do have uh, their point guard has been out for a while, Andre Corbello, but Corbello will come back. Uh, he will be back soon, and when he is, it'll make this team whole again. Uh, they they are they're going to be extremely uh, difficult to de- team to beat come March. And then Villanova and Jay Wright's team. Uh, this team has is, is kind of had its ups and downs a little bit this year, um, but their losses have been to some extremely solid programs. They lost to UCLA on the road, Purdue, and Baylor. The loss to Creighton was a, you know, one of those games that, hey, it's going to be a fluke because uh, we saw when Creighton had to go to uh, Philadelphia to play Villanova, they lost by 34. Uh, Villanova got their revenge. So this, this Villanova team... Uh, can make the final four. Those are my my bet ons right now. You know, hard to find bet against, but I did come up with three for you. Uh, USC they just lost their first game out of the Pac-12. Andy Enfield. He's got a very good basketball team, but I think they're overrated. I uh, don't believe they should be uh, um, even in the top 25. I think they're right on the cusp of it. Uh, Michigan State. Tom Izzo. Uh, and his his team, uh, the Big Ten is loaded, loaded with good basketball teams. And I think Michigan State's going to take some losses here. Uh, a team that I, I think is very overrated right now in the polls. And Providence, uh, they've gotten up to their best year ever under Ed Cooley. He's in his 11th year now. 
Uh, his team, his, his team's have been ranked higher than than a six seed going to the going to the, the tournament, and he's had more teams not go to the tournament than he has. I don't know what's going on there. Um, they have played great so far this year, but I think you'll see the tables turned when conference starts here in the Big East. Uh, they'll take their lumps and they'll lose their confidence and they'll fall apart a little bit. So those are three from the from the big conferences, Teddy. Beautiful. So bet on the Tar Heels, the Illini, and the Villanova Wildcats. Bet against USC Trojans, Michigan State Spartans, and the Providence Friars. I'm an Ed Cooley fan. I'm a real Ed Cooley fan, but I'll tell you what, that team <laughs> has overachieved, and it does feel like they've lived on a little bit of borrowed time. We kind of saw some of that when they got blown out at Marquette last weekend. Let me ask you the same question, but for mid-majors, the smaller conference teams, a couple of bet-ons, a couple of bet-against that our listeners can take advantage of in the weeks to come. Let's go to the uh, Ohio Valley Conference, and nobody better than uh, Belmont. Uh, the Belmont Bruins are, are loaded with talent. Uh, they've got great continuity. Uh, they're an experienced basketball team, and they, they have the history of being in, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, last year they were not. They got upset. They were 26-4. and four, But Casey Alexander looks like he's really teaching defense, and that's going to be a key for this team getting better down the stretch. San Diego State, Brian Dutcher uh, has done a great job there, and following a legend is difficult to do, but he's done it. Uh, he's made the transition. These are all his players. He continues to recruit well, and he continues to teach defense, and San Diego State's going to be a player, I think, in the uh, NCAA tournament. And another Mountain West Conference team, it was funny that I came up with it, Boise State and Leon Rice. They're another Mountain West Conference team, but this team is very talented. Uh, again, another team that plays defense, and I think they are going to be able to have a great season. And I think the Mountain West is going to get several teams uh, into the Indian NCAA dance against teams. William Mary has started 2-0 and in conference. Um, I have seen this team play a couple times. And, <laughs> they had uh, a rough start. Yeah, they had a really rough start, and I watched them during the rough start, but I thought, man, this is this is not a co well-coached basketball team. They are, they are horrible on offense. They stand around. Uh, they can't shoot. This is a bad team. I want to bet against them as much as I can, and I have been. Let me jump they in just, real, 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 real quick. Just on William & Mary, because here's my specific question, because I had William & Mary. I think they started 0-11 against the spread. They were the worst point spread team in college basketball. They hadn't covered a single spread in non-conference play. And then they, they got the one. I'm like, I'm going to ride this team right now. they got to be an undervalued commodity. And then they had a COVID break, and I didn't get a chance to do anything. So, But you're telling me uh, that the, the William & Mary, this is not a team I want any part of, even despite that awful ATS start to the season, that they are every bit as bad as their point spread record would indicate. Every bit is bad, and and yeah, they pulled off two upset wins. They beat Hofstra and Northwestern both at home. Um, Hofstra was a big win because Hofstra's pretty talented. But two one-point wins, and they used that momentum from the first one to win the second one. And now you got a COVID break. Now I won't bet against them this first time back when they play James Madison tomorrow because they're still feeling pretty good about themselves. But when they lose confidence, this coach, um, I, I think that they'll start to get buried again. And they're going to lose. They're going to lose a lot of games in conference. But right now, they got a target on their back. They're two and zero in their top of the conference. The other one's Eastern Washington. Uh, David Riley's the new head coach there. Shante Leggins did a great job. Jim Hayford before him was very good. 
was a very solid coach. Now, Riley was the assistant for both guys, but I haven't liked what I saw at Eastern Washington. I think they're very undisciplined. I think the offense is not as good as what it used to be. So I, that's a, that's a, the only other team I have. They play no defense. Eastern Washington plays no defense. They're in a tough conference. I think you're going to see them fall off the map uh, here in conference play. So it sounds as, uh, and again, uh, there's two things I want to say here. First is that we had this same discussion for college football about, I don't know, maybe a month out from college football season. And if you did nothing but bet on the teams that Kenny White said to bet on the first week and bet against the team that Kenny White said to bet against the first week, you did very, very well. Uh, so the info is rock solid. But when it comes to your breakdown of these teams, I'm hearing, and again, I'm just hearing from my ears, it seems to me like you're a defensive-minded guy. You <laughs> like the teams and the coaches that preach defense. And if you can't play D, you're not going to be on Kenny White's bet on list. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm all about coaches with, with defense and who preach defense, who teach it, who coach it, and their players buy in. Uh, you, you just you have to. You can't win without it. You really can't because you're going to have an off-night shooting. But defense doesn't take off-nights very much. And so we, we saw Virginia win a national championship. And most of you know, we see all the teams that win a national championship. Baylor last year, it was all about their defense. And that's why they won the national championship. So, yeah, I, I love defensive coaches. So let's talk about coaching for a minute here. I mean, how much does it matter? Which situations do you want to be on your bet on coaches? Do you want them more in tight games? Do you want them more in the blowout spots where you're like, hey, uh, you know, I, I want the coach who's going to keep his team focused for 40 minutes. Uh, give me one or two coaches you've been impressed with this season, maybe one or two coaches who are, uh, let's call them complete idiots. Uh, you know, I mentioned Casey Alexander at Belmont. He's going to be a, uh, he's going to be a sought-after coach. Somebody's going to go grab him at a big school. Kyle Smith with Washington State. Uh, Washington State has vastly improved under Smith, and he's won at three different schools now. Uh, he has been tremendous. Won at uh, uh, San Francisco. He really built that program. And then another up-and-comer is North Texas, Grant McCaslin. Uh, outstanding coach, uh, great X's and O's, very good recruiter. He is going to have a big-time job soon. A um, couple of coaches I'm not impressed with, uh, NC State, uh, Kevin Keats. Um, he did a great job at Wilmington, but I believe that was the, with the previous coaches' uh, players. And since at NC State, he has really struggled. He's not been able to recruit at that level, and he's not been able to compete. And the other one is Marshall, Dan D'Antonio, Mike's brother, um, loves to play up-tempo. Man, this guy plays nope. faster than anybody. But uh, I don't think he's done a good job with the school. They, they run. They can't, can't guard anybody, though. So that's another team that uh, I think is a coach that's kind of got a good reputation, but I wouldn't bet on him. Yeah, it's uh, uh, much like his brother. You know, I, I was never a Dan Tony fan in the NBA. A uh, guy with a lot of hype, but not a guy with a ton of results. Um, what's the biggest surprise for you this college basketball season? Maybe a positive one or a negative one? What's the biggest Maybe. betting story so far? Coach K retiring? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the, <laughs> the biggest story? I'm kind of shocked still. I think, just think this, the man still got it. I mean, I've never been a big Coach K fan of X's and O's. He's always had great players. And, you know, he lost, I think, his first six or seven seasons. Maybe it was. I don't know. Something like that. I, I know he was a loser, but he did build this program. And he's had so many top 20 teams and, and, and players of the NBA. I'm kind of, I think that's the biggest story. Him, him, uh, Retiring, maybe a betting story is Arizona and the Wildcats and Tommy Lloyd as a first-year head coach and what he's done with a bunch of freshmen. 
that's that's an amazing betting story. I mean, this guy's got very little experience. He comes in, he's changing offenses and defenses, and uh, they uh, they have just prospered. And they're, this is a really good basketball team. I've watched them play. I think this guy's a really good coach. I mean, I probably should have put him on my list of solid coaches. Those are kind of the, the biggest stories, uh, you know, that I've kind of thought of is, is this year. And, of course, I'm going to talk about Tommy Lloyd and the Arizona Wildcats when I give a uh, – Bettable opinion for the college hoops today on Saturday. Let me get a free play from you, Kenny. Any uh, anything that stands out to you on the college basketball card? Obviously, uh, we're in a situation where we're recording before we have full lines available. But anything stand out to you? You might want to throw throw a bone out here. What do, what, what, what do we have for our listeners? Yeah, we can do that very easy. Teddy, I've already gone over all my games uh, power rating-wise and rated out them, and I've already made uh, uh, my totals for auto- – automated my totals. Then I go through each game tonight to tomorrow. But the one one biggest difference I saw was a, was an under, and I love unders and underdogs in all sports, and I think anyone that's betting – should should try to find unders and underdogs, live dogs. So my play will be an under. Cal Riverside's playing Cal Bakersfield tomorrow. Both coaches play extremely slow. Both teams really struggle on offense, but they both are very good defensive teams. I think this total is going to be 122 or higher. Definitely going to be a bet under. I made the total 112, and I'm looking at a you know 50, you know low 50s game from both teams. That's Cal. Oh, give me give me an over. Cal. Let, yeah, Cal Bakersfield, Cal Riverside under. Let me give you an over because they're always fun. Gonzaga scored over 100 their last two games. Gonzaga's playing Santa Clara, the next fastest team in the conference. And Herb Sendek's <laughs> offense is tremendous, but their defense is bad. They will score points, and they're going to give up plenty. Uh, hopefully, Gonzaga, they don't have to shoot 80% like they shot against BYU. They'll shoot 60%, and they'll put up over 100 in that game. Gonzaga and Santa Clara over. Great info from Kenny White. Kenny, real quick, tell folks how they can find you. We've got about 30 seconds before the break. KennyWhiteSports.com, uh, the place to go. We also, inside that, is uh, ThePowerRatings.com. And uh, K. Whitey at Vegas uh, on Twitter. Uh, also, we have a YouTube channel, Kenny White Sports YouTube channel. So, yeah, a lot of places to find us with some free content, great information. And we also have that paid, paid content as well. Sure, and Kenny's putting out outstanding free content on a daily basis for those who are interested. And, of course, he does have picks for sale for those who want that as well. Check him out at Kenny White Sports. Kenny, thank you so much, my friend. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. If you missed any portion of today's show, if you want to go back and listen to last week's show or a show from last month or a show from the Super Bowl last year, you check out the archives. At any, uh, anywhere where you find download your podcast, you're going to find Cover It with Teddy Covers. And, of course, if you go to simplecast.com and look for it, you'll get all the archives there, uh, including... You know, <laughs> uh, everything that we just did and everything that we're going to do, not hard to find. Again, cover it with Teddy Covers. If you search for it, you'll find it. And you can get uh, download this in podcast form 
and consume it at your convenience. Kenny White was just talking about the Arizona Wildcats and how impressed he's been with that freshman-laden team and the first-year head coach, Tommy Lloyd. He's not the only one. <laughs> On the other hand, we have a Utah team. Look, Craig Smith's having a rough first year. They're 1-5 in Pac-12 play. They just got blown out at home by, you know, they got beat by Washington and then blown out by Washington State. And now they're hitting the highway to taste Arizona. This is a team that's without a lick of confidence right now. They're also without one of their best players. Maybe their best player is star center, Brandon Carlson, who had an appendectomy and is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. So you're going to have to lay a price here with Arizona. Maybe the better way to do it is to play him first half or you split the wager between first half and full game. But we saw Arizona blow out Colorado in the second half on Wednesday, whereas Utah's game with Arizona State got postponed because of a COVID outbreak, uh, a COVID outbreak for the Sun Devil side. So the Utes, not in regular rhythm, not a very good team, big man missing, and they're going up against an Arizona squad that has real blowout potential. If I'm playing, I'm laying in the Arizona Wildcats over the Utah Utes. And that's going to wrap it for Cover It With Teddy Covers. We will do it again tomorrow. Mark Lawrence is going to join me talking NFL playoffs. Be sure to check that out. And, of course, for you guys out there in listener land, enjoy the games. Good luck. We'll be back on SiriusXM Channel 159 tomorrow.